Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for being with me here on this Friday. We've survived another week in Biden's America, barely. Congratulations. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media. On Instagram, it's at Monica Crowley underscore at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and Truth Social, at Monica Crowley. You can also shoot me an email about this show, stuff that we're talking about, things that are on your mind, and guess what we're going to do today? We've got a brand new edition of the Complaint Department. I've got a real pet peeve sticking in my craw. It just happened to me the other day again, and so I want to share it with you. So if you've got a pet peeve that you want to share with me and the Monica Crowley audience, send it to me via email, Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com, and we're going to get to some of your emails, including... Two complaints for the complaint department. I've got them right here. You guys are amazing. We all have a lot of very significant pet peeves. And so uh, we're going to get to that toward the end of the show. Today, though, I want to deal with that absolute disgusting spectacle we all witnessed last night, the January 6th committee hearings. We're going to break it all apart. And as you can imagine, I've got a few things I want to say about it from slightly different angles maybe than what you've heard. We're also going to talk to the very fiery Sebastian Gorka about it as well, so you're not going to want to miss that. And like I said, I got a brand new pet peeve for the complaint department. 
All of that straight ahead. First, though, the Monica memo. Before we get into January 6th, we got a new inflation number today for the month of May. This is the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. For the month of May, inflation year over year is running 8.6% year over year. So in other words, the prices that you're paying for all of your goods, everything that you buy, is 8.6% higher than it was in May of last year. Month over month, also hotter than expected, 1%. So the prices you're paying are 1% higher than they were just the month before in April. This is the highest rate of inflation since December of 1981. So this is the worst inflation that we have in over 40 years. We are all suffering We're all squeezed in the vise of much higher prices and real wages that are significantly dropping. So you might get a wage increase from your boss, yay, but then you look at the prices, inflation is far outstripping those wage gains. And so the result is a drop in real wages. Prices climbing, drop in real wages, you can see the problem. We've got a huge discrepancy for the average American. And you know what? Inflation is a regressive tax, meaning that it impacts most the middle class, the working class, and the poor. All of the people that the Democrats are constantly telling us that they champion nonsense, BS, they could care less. In fact, with this skyrocketing inflation, worst in 40 years, By all means, Democrats, let's focus on an event that happened a year and a half ago. Before we get into what happened last night, let's talk for a moment about the real reason January 6th happened. Let's go back for a moment to Donald Trump announcing that he is running for president in June of 2015, and then his campaign through 2016, through the 2016 election, everything that the left threw at him to try to stop him, to try to smear him, undermine him, cripple him, from the Russia hoax to numerous kinds of smears uh, coming from the Clinton campaign and so on, none of which they will ever be held accountable for. But think about this. So he comes forward, this guy, very famous guy, but needed politics like a hole in the head, had a great life, didn't need it, was doing it only for the country, but he was doing it for, yes, America writ large, but he was doing it for a very specific group of Americans, which is most of us. He was doing it for the forgotten man and woman. So he came forward, and during that campaign, he said repeatedly to the forgotten man and woman in America, particularly in the heartland, but those of us who have been really stuck and suffering as a result of the uni party, giving away manufacturing, giving away our economy to globalism, and in particular to the CCP, to the Chinese Communist Party, sending away our jobs, sending away our economic security, and all for what? For cheap labor? For an influx of foreign labor? 
illegal immigrants and so on. Both sides sold us out. Trump comes in and says, no more. I'm here for you. Remember Rodham's uh, campaign slogan in 2016? I'm with her. And Trump came back and said, well, y'all might be with her, but I'm with you. Incredibly powerful. And he did another powerful thing, which I've talked about. And that is that he, he used an emotional appeal. Remember earlier this week on this podcast, we were talking about how the left is so good at the emotional appeals, and they've been doing it for decades. The emotional appeal will always trump a factual appeal, always. The left has understood this for a long time. We still don't get it. Trump got it. And in 2015, 2016, he looked at the forgotten man and woman, and he said, I see you, I hear you, and I will be your champion. That was a tremendously emotionally powerful argument to make. And it hit everybody's ears and they believed him because he wasn't one of the ruling class and he he owed them nothing. He did not, he wasn't one of them. He was there for us. And so when he said, I hear you, I see you, and I will be your champion, the forgotten man and woman believed him, but they also said, well, wait a minute, this guy's never done any of this before, so if we're going to vote for him, we're taking a huge leap of faith. But they did it, and they prayed that he wouldn't let them down the way every other Republican usually lets them down and joins the uni party. As soon as they get in D.C., uni party. Trump, they believed, was going to be different. And he was. So they voted for him, took a leap of faith, and then he spent four years delivering on those promises for the forgotten man and woman, for the the entire country, for all of us. And he did it specifically on the economic front. He did it through tax cuts, giving you more of your own money back, regulatory reform, getting government off your back so that businesses of all sizes, especially small businesses, could be created and thrive. He did it by unleashing our great energy sector, backing up the fossil fuel industry, telling them to go to town and get our great energy resources out of the ground and on the market, lowering prices and making us energy independent a net energy exporter to the rest of the world under Donald Trump. That kept prices down. And then, of course, fairer trade deals with Canada and Mexico, Chinese, Japan, South Korea. He struck all kinds of fair trade deals for us. So the sense was that for four years, Donald Trump actually did what most politicians say they're going to do and then don't because they joined the uni party and are terrified about what the press is going to say. But he actually stood up and he protected them. He protected you. He fought for them. He fought for you. This is why January 6th happened. Because for all that period of time, the American people saw Donald Trump taking all kinds of brickbats for them. 
to do the right thing for them and for the country. He took all kinds of incoming, the Russia hoax, the deep state Adam 24-7, the international community uh, torpedoing him, the two, not one, but two fake impeachments against him. They hamstrung this guy. They threw the kitchen sink at this man, and still he stood tall, He fought back every second of every day. And yes, he was trying to protect himself and his presidency. But the whole function of that was to serve you, to serve the United States of America. And so when it came to the election, where most of these people saw their champion under attack with what they believed to be a stolen election, a rigged election against their champion by the deep state, by the press, by the left. When they saw that happen, they thought, wait a minute, he has just spent the last five years of his life taking all incoming attacks, fighting for us. Now it's our turn to fight for him. That is why January 6th happened. This was an emotionally charged event. Set aside all of the background noise. The American people who showed up on January 6th, and no, I'm not talking about the left and the Antifa and the feds. Deal with that in a second. I'm talking about the average American who showed up on January 5th and 6th to to go to that event on the ellipse near the White House, and then go to the Capitol and make their voices heard peacefully. No one is condoning any violence here, okay? But those average Americans who showed up that day and did not engage in the violence, but showed up to hear President Trump speak and then marched to the Capitol to allow their voices to be peacefully heard, which um, was still allowed in America at the time, those people were there because they wanted to pick up the, the baton from Trump and fight for him. And by fight, I don't mean smashing windows and walking off with Pelosi's podium and all the crap that we've heard about what happened on January 6th. Nobody is condoning that stuff. I'm talking about the bigger picture. Remember how I said this was an emotional, Trump made an emotional appeal in 2015, 2016, And then for the four years of his presidency, also continued to make those emotional appeals. Oh, the left could not allow that. First of all, they couldn't allow the policies, the Trump policies, because they were working and making them all look bad. But they also could not allow Trump to get with their kind of emotional strategy. They were like, oh, crap, he's on to us. He knows all of the the stuff that works for us. And he's using it and it's working. So now we've got to destroy that. The American people who showed up that day, they realized that this was an opportunity to show Donald Trump that they were there for him the way he was there for them. That's why they showed up. And and by the way, you know, I was working at the Treasury Department that day in my job, in my office, looked out my window. I saw the masses of people. And you know what? They were like grandmas from Indiana. Okay. These were not Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn firebombing the Capitol, which they did in the late 60s, early 70s. These were average Americans. These were you and me. 
who wanted to fight for their country, yes, but to stand up and reciprocate Donald Trump's uh, willingness to fight for them. They were trying to pay him back. That's what January 6th was all about. Did it go off the rails in, in certain areas? Absolutely. And again, nobody's condoning that. But when you look at the bigger picture, this is what happened. This is what went down. This is why it happened. And also why the Democrats need to crush it. They need to crush it because they cannot allow the emotional grip that Donald Trump has on us and on the country. They cannot allow that to stand because they know from their own experience that that kind of emotional uh, hold on the American people, those kinds of emotional tactics that so work well for them, well, they can't allow Trump or any Republicans to succeed with that. They have to neutralize it. And that's what all of this is about, smearing these people, these grandmas from Indiana showing up with their flag, their Trump flags and their American uh, flag hats and everything else. Got to crush it. Now, when we come back, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to deconstruct this a little bit more. There's something else going on here that's also really important. Forget about Liz Cheney. Forget about Adam Kinzinger. Forget about all these people. I'm going to delve deeper, as we always do on the show, to tell you exactly what's going on. The left doesn't want you to know what I impart to you every day on this podcast, which is exactly why I'm doing this podcast. So sit tight, coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, so I just gave you a bigger frame of what January 6th was really all about. It was, it was about the American people wanting to reciprocate, wanting to pay back Donald Trump for fighting for them. That's what it was about. And yes, 
part of it did go off the rails and that was really unfortunate because then the whole thing got hijacked and smeared. But at base, it was the American people trying to thank Donald Trump and stand up and fight for him. Stand up and fight for him the way that he spent five years fighting for them. So last night, the Democrat communists and their useful idiots on the Republican side, namely Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, put on quite the circus. These hearings in primetime, no less, were just pathetic. And they wanted to do it so they could all drape themselves in outrageous lies, disgusting smears, and the self-righteous sanctimony. Oh, the whole nonsense about saving democracy. Gross. We're going to get to that in a second. This whole revolting display was not about us. They know it wasn't an insurrection. They don't care. This is about delegitimizing Donald Trump, which they started again in 2015. They hatched the Russia hoax in late 2015, early 2016. They prosecuted that throughout the campaign, then throughout his presidency to cripple him. They impeached him twice. This is all about delegitimizing Trump. And by extension, all of his supporters, whether we were at the Capitol that day or not, doesn't matter. We're the deplorables, as Hillary called us. So it's not just smearing and delegitimizing him. It's smearing and delegitimizing all of us. They're just using January 6th now as a cudgel to beat down Trump and and the rest of us so that Trump doesn't rise again. And neither do we. Remember when Trump said a couple of years ago, he said, and I, I want to get this quote right, and it's not a direct quote, but he said something like, they're attacking me because they're attacking you. Precisely. Exactly. Donald Trump is just a stand-in for us. He's a surrogate for us because he represents us and he was fighting for us. Remember when they did this to us a couple of years ago when Obama first came into office and we were the Tea Party? I've often said that the Make America Great Again, the MAGA movement, the America First movement is the Tea Party 2.0. And I think that is exactly true. It is what Richard Nixon once called the great silent majority. We are the majority silent because the loudest voices in the room who are all on the left, Hollywood, culture, the media, they're out there screaming. And of course, the left has their shock troops, the kids, the union guys, and so on, who are willing to go in the streets at the flick of a switch. And so their voice gets amplified and people assume that they are bigger than they are, but they're not. They control a lot almost everything, but they're not, in terms of numbers, they're not as big as we are. So when Obama came in and the Tea Party organically began, the Tea Party was the original modern incarnation of the populist movement. Nixon, again, identified it in the early 70s, a great silent majority. That that became the, the Reagan revolution, And now the modern incarnation of it is the Tea Party. It's the populist movement. But just like under Nixon and under Reagan, it's the same thing that's happening here that happened with the Tea Party. They are smearing us 
Remember with the Tea Party, they smeared us as racists and insurrectionists back then. This is their standard MO. So we shouldn't be surprised when they keep doing it. And last night's hearings, the whole committee is just the latest iteration of the giant smear operation. They have to crush us in order for them to survive and push their agenda. Because they know that there are more of us than there are of them. And if we really pushed it, if we really understood our own power, guys, we would topple them, destroy them, which, by the way, is what's going to happen in November. This is going to be an epic, again, assuming these races are clean and they don't try to suspend the elections or anything like that. This is going to be an epic, an epic red wave. And again, I I don't want to jinx it, but looking at these poll numbers from Biden's job approval, record lows, to where independents and young people and Hispanics and black voters are right now, holy smokes. Do you know that Biden's job approval among black voters is beneath 50%? It's unheard of. Catastrophic for the Dems. And then among young people, it's down to like 22%. And among Latinos, it's like 24, 28%, something like that. I mean, these are disastrous numbers. And so you can see the panic. But this is what they have to do. Again, whether it was the great silent majority or the Reagan revolution or the Tea Party or the America First movement, they know that there are more of us than there are of them. And if we really felt our own power, we would destroy them. And we're going to do that in November. So they've got to destroy and discredit us first. See what I mean? This is how they operate. And, you know, since there are more of us than there are of them, they have to rely on fear and an intimidation, which more often than not reverts to violence. Look at what happened just this week with the assassination attempt on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Left-wing guy comes across the country from California, armed to the teeth, to kill Justice Kavanaugh. Radio silence from the left. Buried by the press. So during the spectacle last night, um, there was no mention of President Trump's Uh, authorization of National Guard troops, up to 20,000 of them, because intelligence was coming into the White House and coming into other areas that, look, this could tip over into violence because hundreds of thousands of people were expected. And of course, there are bad apples in any crowd. So this intel was coming into law enforcement, to the FBI, to Capitol Police, and to the White House. And so Trump, in order to get this, uh, to get the National Guard moving in Washington, D.C., it needs the authorization of the president. Trump gave it. Four days before the assault on the Capitol, four days, Trump authorized tens of thousands of National Guard troops to protect the Capitol and everybody in it and make sure the city stayed safe and secure. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi repeatedly turned down that offer. 
on the Capitol, they're the ones that then have to approve that. So it goes president, then Schumer and Pelosi have to approve it for the Capitol Police for the National Guard to be activated and protect the Capitol. They, on multiple occasions, turned down that request. So blood and violence on their hands, not on Trump. You see how they reverse everything? You see how it's all projection? They do it really well because they've got the protection of the press and Hollywood and the culture and everything else. They've got the the shroud of protection so they can lie with impunity and turn it all back around and get away with it. So there was no mention of that last night. Um, And in fact, when they ran the clip of Trump at the rally before the crowd went to the Capitol, he he used the words, Go to protest, let your voices be heard peacefully and patriotically. They cut that from the clip. So they're now in the position of deceptively altering clips because they have nothing. And they know they have nothing. This is just a propaganda exercise of the kind you would see in China right now or the kind you saw in the Soviet Union. Show trials, star chambers. This is where we are in America. Terrifying, but this is where we are. So no mention last night of the Trump request for troops uh, authorization, no mention of Schumer and Pelosi turning it down multiple times, no mention of feds infiltrating the crowd, no mention of Ray Epps the night before and that day directing people into the Capitol and encouraging and inciting people to go into the Capitol, no mention of Ashley Babbitt. Just a a normal woman, military veteran, on the scene, shot dead by a Capitol Police officer who's gotten away scot-free with it. No charges, and the press buried his name. They didn't even release the name, all of that. No mention of that either. So this is where we are, right? We've got a Soviet-style show trial that's going on. Republican useful idiots, Cheney and Kinzinger, encouraging the whole thing. And, you know, I tweeted this last night. The left loves Republican useful idiots until they are no longer useful. And that time is coming. And you will see Cheney and Kinzinger. Kinzinger's not even running again because he he was redistricted it out and could never win. Cheney is down by like 20, 30 points in her Republican primary. I'm not worried about either two. They'll be fine because the left always takes care of their own. And when I say useful, I mean politically. But otherwise, you know, Kinzinger is going to get a contract on MSNBC. Cheney will be on CNN. I'm not worried about any of these people. I'm disgusted by them. But I'm not worried about them. All of their talk and the left's talk, these Democrats, well, we're doing this to save democracy. Again, as they work around the clock to undermine and destroy it. Do you see what I mean when they when they turn things around and it's all projection, they project onto us what they themselves are guilty of? One final point. Oh, and, and before I move to the final point, when I talk about the projection and how they literally get away with bloody murder, and I mentioned the uh, assassination attempt on the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh this week, well... Remember, uh, Chuck Schumer, 
Uh, let's revisit his comment, shall we? Here's Chuck Schumer talking about, hey, Justice Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you're going to release the whirlwind and it's going to come back to bite you. Listen. And Justices Gorsuch came to the bench. We know what's at stake. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. And then who could forget Jen Psaki not condemning the protests outside Justice's homes? This was just a couple of weeks ago. Remember this? What I do find is interesting, um, and I think most many people have noted, is that there are voices on the right who have called out um, this uh, protests that are happening uh, while remaining silent for years on protests that have happened outside of the homes of school board members, the Michigan Secretary of State, or including threats made to women seeking reproductive health care, or even an insurrection against our capital. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position, but the silence is pretty deafening about all of the other intimidation that we've seen to a number of people. And then, of course, a couple of years ago, remember this, this was Maxine Waters telling everybody to get in the faces of Trump supporters. Remember this? If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. So this insanity has to stop. Democrats are out there inciting violence all over the place, but nobody holds them to account, right? It's, uh, oh, it's all January 6th. Look, this is what, what they've done to Donald Trump and what they're doing with January 6th. This is a signal to other would-be outsiders, would-be disruptors to not even think about it. It's also a shot across the bow to Trump. Don't even think about running again. But it's a shot across the bow to all of us normals who want to run for school board or mayor or city council. Don't even think about running or otherwise challenging the ruling class. This is an intimidation tactic, and it works. Good people don't want to be put through this. Why would they? What, ruin your life? Endanger your family for what? Saving America? Well, the empire always strikes back, so what chance do you have? Again, look at what happened to Kavanaugh, and look at all of the incitement that comes from the left. Most, in fact, the vast majority of political violence in this country and throughout our history comes from the left. Presidential assassinations, domestic terrorists, all on the left. So that's what this January 6th committee is all about. It's about projecting onto us all of their crimes, their lawlessness, their violence. 
which they have institutionalized and normalized and excused and encouraged. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Weather Underground, lone actors out there. Yeah, they want to weaponize this committee to stop Trump, but it's also about rationalizing their own political violence by claiming we do it. It's very clever, and it works because they've got the press to run with their lies and amplify it. So they keep doing it because they keep getting away with it. And the Republicans, with a few exceptions, are eunuchs. They do not stand out. And this is where we are. We got a few, but this is why, this is what makes Trump so powerful and Governor Ron DeSantis so powerful because they actually stand up. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to Sebastian Gorka about what went down in January 6th uh, hearings and this committee and what we can expect. Plus, I've got an additional uh, edition of the complaint department for you. You're not going to want to miss that. And your emails, sit tight. Well, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome my good friend, one of the leading voices of the America First movement, and a phenomenal truth teller in an age of lies. He is the host of America First and also of the America First podcast. You can find him on the web at sebgorka.com, and his brand new book is called The War for America's Soul. And we need that message now more than ever. Sebastian Gorka, welcome. Always a pleasure for you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Well, it's great to have you here. First of many appearances. And I must thank you, Seb, for having me on your shows as well. You are absolutely incredible. And you've been a very good friend to me. Well, we've been battle buddies for a long time ever since. So we got to know each other through... uh, that radio maven, John Batchelor. Uh, absolutely. And then when Trump announced you and I to America first MAGA warriors on the campaign trail together, and then, of course, through, through today, and what looks like another Trump run, we can only hope. All right. So, uh, Seb, there was no, a no, lot. No, 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 stop, no, stop yeah. there. Stop there. I, I guarantee you our former boss is running, so you can take <laughs> that to the bank. <laughs> yes, I, I know that as well. I don't want to confirm it, but I do. I, let's put it this way. I am 100% confident that our old boss is going to run again. Uh, and we can talk about that in a moment as well. But there's nobody else I'd rather have on today to talk about the disgusting spectacle we saw last night with the January 6th committee hearings uh, than you. This is a Stalinist show trial. It is a star chamber. And I'd love to get your reaction to what you saw last night. Well, first things first, if I were a Democrat, if I were a member of the indoctrinated cult that allegedly voted for the senile old man who's in the White House, I'd be really disappointed because they promised us so much. They really oversold it. New footage, exclusive interviews with members of the administration that destroyed the narrative. 
I didn't see any of that. I saw very embarrassing. I mean, the first, you, you need to have a chairman for a committee who's not boring. And this individual who's been in office, I, I worked it out, he was elected in 1993. If you've been a chairman of a committee and in Congress for, for almost as long as I've been around, you should actually be able to chair something so it's not boring. Secondly, <laughs> the witnesses. I mean, seriously, he was yeah. boring. Yeah, I Benny know Johnson it. was boring. And then, and then they, 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 they have these little clips, these very short, very curated clips from the, the subpoenaed individuals. Uh, that's very peculiar. But there's one clip that's missing, Monica. Not once during yesterday's Farago did they share the clip of President Trump. I was in there in the front row at the ellipse saying, we will march peacefully and patriotically. So why was that clip missing? And then and then the witnesses, I mean, I'm going to play it on my show today. Why, why are the two witnesses, a police officer who spent minutes in her opening statement praising herself and her bravery, very peculiar. I, I've known a lot of, I've trained a lot of law enforcement officers, a lot of military personnel. I've never seen them praise themselves. That is not a good sign. And then a film producer from the UK. Now, his, pronoun, his pronunciation of the word tacos was amusing, but, but otherwise... <laughs> I saw he, that, he yeah. He said, he said tacos or something, very, very peculiar. Anyway, the, those, those are the, the, the blistering blockbuster witnesses. And then the last thing, Monica, Lord preserve America, that, you know, Liz Cheney talking about how we're going to be doing this for weeks on end, and there's going to be multiple, multiple sessions like this. And, you know, if you thought CNN was in trouble with their ratings, wait till you get to the end of this. Well, I can't wait to see last night's ratings, Seb, because I predict that Hollywood Square's reruns on the Game Show Network are going to outrate what we saw last night. Um, look, we got a new inflation number uh, today for the month of May, showing inflation now running at a staggering 8.6%, worse than expected, and the worst in over 40 years. But by all means, Democrats, focus on an event from a year and a half ago that literally no one but you cares about. This is the, the reason they're going to go for weeks on end, Seb, you and I know this, is because they have nothing else. This is a narrative distraction because the Biden presidency is a catastrophic uh, and historic catastrophe, actually. And going into November, it looks really, really grim for them, perhaps the worst maybe ever in American history, a total wipeout. And so, of course, they've got to continue this narrative about January 6th and continue to demonize that boogeyman Donald Trump and by extension, all of us, because they don't have anything else. Yeah, let, let me um, say that there was one thing that was, everybody's missed it, but there was one thing that was earth-shattering yesterday, and that was the testimony. He didn't even put his face to, to the testimony because he's such a coward, but the recorded uh, the audio of Mark Milley, who who uh, is in cahoots with the Chinese military by his own admission, saying that on January the 6th, Vice President Cheney was giving orders to the U.S. military, which is which is really very disturbing, Monica, because the vice president is not in the chain of command. Unless the 25th Amendment is enacted, the majority of the cabinet and the speaker approve with the removal of the commander-in-chief. The vice president has no control of our military. Yes, yet on January the 6th, he was giving orders to the Pentagon. So there is one 
one huge conclusion that there was, in fact, an attempted insurrection on January 6th, and it was done by the deep state, by Mark Milley, Pence, and others. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to correct you. You said Vice President Cheney instead of Vice President Pence, Pence. but but I also wouldn't be surprised if that were also true. Anyway, continue. Yeah, no, I I was (laughs) thinking about that disgrace, Liz Cheney. To to your broader point, I just tweeted this out before, before I came on your show. So inflation has hit almost 9%. It's a record in in 40 years. Uh, Gas is the highest it has ever been in U.S. history. But there's not enough formula to feed American infants. But there's no hearings on any of that. Two million illegal aliens crossing the border, a massive caravan traversing Mexico right now, heading to Texas. No hearings on that. The disaster in Afghanistan, the surrender to the Taliban, the $83 billion worth of hardware, the war in Ukraine that was facilitated by an administration that has demonstrated weakness, but nary, forget one resignation or one firing, not even a a, a committee hearing in Congress. So you are absolutely right. This is a mark mark of desperation. Pick one, just pick. Take politics out of the equation for a moment. In the last 16 months, Pick any issue. I don't care what it is. Transportation, the border, inflation, the economy, national security, energy. Pick one issue that has not been catastrophically mismanaged by this administration. There isn't one. I mean, usually there's there's something that, that some some level of competence at some department, but no, whether it's supply chains, whether it's the border, whether it's econo- economics, whether it's the Secretary of Energy laughing, cackling in an interview about the, the price of gas, it is a sheer disaster. So I guarantee you right now, there will be two things they will ride into these elections. It is going to be uh, it's going to be Roe v. Wade and January 6th and possibly gun control. So I'll give them three because everything else is a shambles. Yes, the, those uh, certainly those two. They want us focused on gun control and abortion and not the historic implosion created by Biden and unified Democratic control in Washington. All of this is being done on purpose. It is all part of the plan. It's the American version of the Great Reset. It's all about Uh, Marxism, both economic and cultural, and a uh, CCP-style surveillance state, which they use uh, COVID to leverage and slam into place, they must continue it. And that's what all of this dislocation is about. That's what all of this destabilization of American society is all about. It's all intentional. And, you know, very few, you and I are willing to say it. I see Congressman Jim Jordan, God bless him, he is willing to say it's intentional. But still, even at this late date, I see people on television constantly, and hear them, and they're not quite willing to get there yet. And my point, Seb, and I've said this over and over again on TV and radio and here on this podcast, is that a normal president, even just out of sheer, the desire for sheer political survival for himself and, and his party would change course realizing that all of these policies are really dragging them all down and that they're likely to suffer annihilation in November. But there is no course correction. And that tells you exactly what you need to know, that all of this is intentional. Yeah, this is the the, the really strange 
characteristic of of the quote unquote elite that are now in charge, and it's it's you know delicious to watch them blame conservatives or, or President Trump or people like us who were in his administration for anything, because they do actually control the Senate, the House, and the White House right now. So if there's anything wrong, it is their responsibility. But the 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 fact that they are so hostages to their own ideology and so bereft of any organic connection to the world in which real Americans live in. Just Stabenauer, just the senator from Michigan with that clip earlier this week with that rictus-like grin where she she said, I just got my electric vehicle and I drove past those gas stations and I didn't care what the price of gas was because I've got my Tesla. I mean, I mean, truly, I mean, Marie Antoinette's ghost is alive and she's walking through the halls of the DNC offices on Capitol Hill. So you're right. I mean, look, you don't have to like uh, Bubba, but Bill Clinton was at least pragmatic and in some way connected to, to, to you know, the trailer park world in which he grew up. So he could rein in the crazies in the 1990s. But Monica, who is the sane Democrat? Who's reigning in the crazies today? There isn't one. And no. and and when you've had voices like like a, a former Senator Joe Lieberman, for example, who tried to come forward a couple of years ago and try to bring the party back and say, listen, you guys are taking the party and the country off the cliff. He got reamed. Remember Seb AOC all over him? Like AOC tweeted back at him, new phone, who dis? Do you remember that? So the, the- I do, I do, and, and I remember who, who was the uh, who was that delightful, bald-headed <laughs> uh, Democrat strategist? Um, oh, James Carville. Uh, Car- Carville, I mean Carville. You know, a, a, a more insalubrious uh, reptile of, of a human <laughs> being who who just what was it two months ago? warned on cable television, you know, are the Democrats completely out to lunch? When, when you've lost Carville, I mean, then you've got real problems. Yes, but every time one of them sticks their head up, they get crushed by the squad, by the left, and and disregarded. So, you know, the, the Democrats are making their own bed. Now they're going to lie in it, and it's, it's going to be something to see. Um, what do you think, Seb? And again, we're talking to Sebastian Gorka. He is the host of America First and the America First podcast. Go listen to both shows. Absolutely amazing. SebGorka.com is the website. And his new book is called The War for America's soul and don't forget it's going to be great this uh, sunday every sunday i have my show on newsmax at 7 p.m eastern that's the gorka reality check don't miss it you can download the app for free tune into newsmax 7 p.m eastern on sunday oh yes it's a great show so make sure you tune in for that as well gorka is everywhere and thank god we've got him what do you think the end game here is on uh, january 6th i mean it's clear that they want to try try to uh, stop trump from running again there is that provision in the constitution that says if you're guilty of insurrection you cannot seek uh, federal office. So do you think that that's what they're going for? And then by extension, to continue to delegitimize all of us? Well, this is, this is, um, it's hard because you have to try and channel the the cultists and and put yourself in in the, the mind frame of these individuals. And uh, that's not an easy thing to do. So 
Is there any limit when you see what they did to to my my colleague uh, Peter Navarro from from the White House, mm-hmm. an individual who was held in contempt of this committee, which is an illegal committee? Let's be clear: you can't have an investigatory committee of uh, Congress without both parties' nominees being accepted to that uh, that to that committee, and and uh, the the Republicans uh, were not allowed to nominate their candidates. That's why we have the never Trumpers, a Cheney and Kinzinger on there. When when a, a, an individual whose only crime is to have worked for the Trump administration is arrested at the airport in D.C., put in leg irons, and then held in John Hinckley's cell, then, then you know that there, there are no limits. That wasn't about Peter Navarro. That was about the 74 million Americans that voted for President Trump. When you see a Democrat voter from Simi Valley take a gun, a knife, a crowbar, and zip ties to the home of Justice Kavanaugh uh, and admit that he wants to kill him because he's a conservative. And then Nancy Pelosi the next day says, we have no need for the bill to increase the protection of Supreme Court justices and their, their clerks. Then what, what is it? What, what is the moral barrier that is going to stop these people from doing things that are even worse? You, you, you are seeing the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, not only deploy the FBI against parents who want to have their children back in school without masks, you're, you're seeing Merrick Garland refuse to implement federal law. It is a felony to influence, to picket a judge's home. That includes Supreme Court associate justices. And right now, somebody was found who wanted to assassinate one of them. Mm-hmm. And Merrick Garland has refused. The same day that, my, that Nicholas Ruska was arrested outside of Kavanaugh's home, the same evening, Democrat demonstrators were on his front porch were screaming, were banging drums. Not one of them was arrested. And that is a felony. So... I don't know. I, I really don't want to paint the devil on the wall, Monica. But but these people have lost all moral compass, and that is disturbing. Yes, because their agenda trumps everything, Seb, and also everything that they are doing are signals to other would-be outsiders, whether it's Trump or yes. Navarro or you or me or someone who just wants to run for their local school board. It's a signal to all would-be disruptors. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about challenging the ruling class because we will destroy you. It's an intimidation tactic, and as I've been saying, it works because they've got the protection of the press. How is this? Oh, by the way, Seb, we haven't, and I got to let you go, but we haven't even talked about the January 6th defendants, many of whom are still being held, many of whom uh, they're, they're rotting in jail without due process. How is any of this happening in America, and where is our side? Where, where is our side fighting for their fellow Americans who are being targeted in the most despicable un-American ways? Yeah, we, we could spend the, the whole next hour or more talking about this. So as somebody whose parents suffered under the Nazi occupation of their country and then were persecuted under the communists that took over, my father was arrested, tortured and imprisoned with a life sentence at the age of 20 in Hungary, only to be liberated uh, by the freedom fighters in 1956. The idea that uh, as an immigrant, a legal immigrant to this country, the greatest nation on God's earth, the idea that we have today political prisoners 
um, just a few miles from from where I am sitting right now. Uh, it, it just beggars belief. Let, let's be clear. They have hounded more than 700 people. Uh, none of them was armed. The only people who were killed on January the 6th were a 14-year Air Force veteran, Ashley Babbitt, who was murdered by Officer Michael Bird, who had no weapon on her, um, and, and who is the only, the only fatality of that day. Uh, people have been charged with misdemeanors and held in solitary confinement for over a year. And, and the establishment GOP has done absolutely nothing. This is, this is how we know that the swamp and, and Steve Bannon's phrase, the uniparty is utterly justified. God bless the, the rare patriots like Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis, Go- Louis Gohmert, the handful that actually went to the prison in D.C. To, to try and give some sucker, some solace to these individuals. But they are being politically targeted and nothing is being done by the establishment. And that is, that is a message for everyone who voted for President Trump, who believes in America, who believes in America first. And let me just say one thing to all of your listeners. Please write this down. There is one organization, one fund that is helping those who are still in jail, who committed no egregious crimes on that day, who were not part of an insurrection, none of whom were armed. And it is patriotfreedomproject.com. That website is patriotfreedomproject.com freedomproject.com. And I also heartily endorse and recommend everyone follow Julie Kelly and her writings on American greatness. That's amgreatness.com because Julie is going to all of these trials. Mm -hmm. She's sitting in the courtrooms. She's writing up the way these individuals are being politically persecuted. So amgreatness.com, Julie Kelly and the patriotfreedomproject.com. Thank you very much for that, Seb, and for raising Julie as well. She's been an absolute heroine and showing the kind of courage and bravery and standing up for what is right that our side across the board, including our elected officials, should be doing, but they are not. Uh, you and I are in our ways, and Julie Kelly, God bless her as well. So thank you so much for that, and thank you for being here. Sebastian Gorka, listen to all of his shows, America First, America First podcast, and of course on Newsmax every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. His website, sebgorka.com, and his brand new book, The War for America's Soul. Go buy it and read it. Seb, you are the best. Thank you so much. God bless. Keep fighting. God bless all of your listeners. Thank you, Seb. Okay, guys, welcome back. Um, Before we get to your emails here, Uh, I just want to open up a new edition of the complaint department. It was very popular the last time I did this on this podcast. So we're going to make this a regular segment. So please send me your pet peeves to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. And I might read some of yours on the air. In fact, today I've got two. This is our email segment. I've got two for the complaint department. So keep them coming. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. So I've got a good one for you today and it has to do with driving. Traffic is the bane of my existence. Okay. I hate traffic. I hate being stuck in it. I, I wish we had flying cars. Elon Musk get on it because I just need to elevate and motor. 
So I do a pretty good job of containing my road rage most of the time, but not always. And here's my complaint. You're driving on a highway and you're in the fast lane, you know, the far left lane that's supposed to be for the fastest traffic. And you're there because you want a zippity doodah on your way. Not speeding, nobody is condoning that. But you want to drive unencumbered by slow pokes in front of you. When all of a sudden, a slow poke pulls in front of you, forcing you to brake and slow down. And then they're like crawling, forcing you to crawl. What the? I, 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 am, I am incensed when this happens to me. I see red when this happens to me. I mean, if you want to drive slowly, that's fine. There's another lane. Sometimes two or three other lanes for you. Don't get up in my lane. Don't crowd me, man. (laughs) I'm going to go ballistic on you. That is my pet peeve. And then it forces me to get out of the fast lane. So now I got to move into the right lane in order to pass the slowpoke. So now I'm in the right lane. And you know what's the worst is when you can't see around the guy in front of you and you go into, you move into the right lane to try to pass him, but now you're behind a slower person. And what's really humiliating is when you're, you're in a, behind a slower person, now you're going to go back to the left lane. <laughs> and, and you know the guy in front of you is like laughing, like, ah, you thought you were going to pass me. No way. So now you're back stuck behind the turtle. Oh, I can't stand it. It makes me crazy. Anyway, send me your pet peeves as well. I'm sure you have a lot of driving ones. And in fact, as we get to the emails, Mary writes in with a great one for the complaint department. And like me, it is a driving one. Here's what Mary writes. Hi, Monica. I just love your snarky show and want to join in your new complaint department with one of my pet peeves. The top of my list is people who do not use turn signals. Not only does this piss me off, it is so dangerous, it's not even funny. Have a blessed day. Mary, thank you so much for this. And yes, I could not agree with you more. People who do not use their turn signals, I hate that. And it's so annoying and dangerous, I I can't even. Pay attention to the road. Do what you're supposed to. I'm glad you're enjoying the show, Mary. Thank you for that fine contribution to the complaint department. And drive carefully. Judy in Everett, Washington, also writes in with something for the complaint department. She says, love your new segment on complaints and irritations. Here's my pet peeve. Especially at a restaurant or a store, when my husband and I say thank you, the response we get is, no problem. I hope it's not a problem, but whatever happened to you are welcome. (laughs) Great show, Monica. I've been a fan for years. Well, thank you so much, Judy. I really appreciate that. And you are so right. You say thank you. And the other person is all, no problem. Or even worse, no worries. What? (laughs) I know it's not a problem. I'm thanking you. Offering my gratitude. You're supposed to acknowledge that with you're welcome. Easy peasy, and yet somehow never done. Great contribution to the complaint department, Judy. Thanks so much. All right, send me your pet peeves to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I might read yours on the air. And uh, if you have other things on your mind, let me know those things too. Thank you so much for being here. 
Go make it a fantastic weekend, and I will see you right back here on Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.